Where is Glenn? I forgot. We literally woke you up, didn't we, Glenn? We did, dude. I was like, <laughs> it's funny because I sent an alarm on my watch and it went off and I still freaking just slept right through. You answered the phone with DMT calls, though. Three, two, one, record. Thank oh. you for jo- <laughs> Really? You're joking, right? No, I'm not. It's always Glenn. It's Freaking always audacity. Glenn. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast. It will be information security show featuring some all around good people. It is week 20 of 2023. Happy 5-9 day for all you Mr. Robot fans out there. I'm Chris Louie, and once again, have two sick kids home with me. In fact, I am once again the only healthy member of the household remaining. With me, I have my co-host, the hot dad who builds his immunity by licking doorknobs. I have not licked a single doorknob, but I will say that your uh, your steady diet of Tito's and failure is working out for you, so good job. It's Tito's and Taco Bell Diablo sauce, get it right. Oh, you mean fast food and failure, that's what it is, that's, that's the secret ingredient, guys. And we have Glenn Medina. Please do not throw your back out this week. We need you to come back next week. What did I do? Did I throw my back out? Or is that you're moving else? heavy stuff this week? Oh, that's tomorrow. Yeah. That's a lie. So, yeah. No, it's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so who who knew a little, like I said, my youngest could have so much stuff, but it uh, should be fun. We'll see how it goes. Uh, happy to be back. Chris and Brian, thank you very much. So, Chris, tell me why why are the kids always sick? Oh, wait, I forget they're always ki- they're kids. They're they're licking doorknobs and whatnot. They are kids and they're always sick. Yes, yeah, they're at that age where it's it would be unusual if they weren't sick. Did they just come back from spring break? No, just there's something going around the schools. Yeah, was it was it? Nice because during COVID they they didn't have a lot of interaction with anyone, so they weren't getting as sick as they used to. Or were they still getting sick during COVID? That was a blessing and a curse. It was a double edged sword. So they were not getting sick because we literally had no contact with anybody. But the moment they did go back, their immune system was so weak they were constantly getting sick. Not good, but yeah, sorry to hear they're sick, but it's good that they're building their immunity. Yep, exactly. No guess this week, we are recording quite late at night, as you can tell from Glenn's voice, and Todd has a bedtime. Oh, Toddy Todd. Combined, we have decades of information security experience here, not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This week, we're going to talk about a cool new feature in the Brave browser. Open with a blow against cybersecurity insurance companies. A clever way of smuggling information into Russia. For our third topic, former Uber CISO Joe Sullivan learns his fate. And close with Brian teaching us how to win a street fight. I'm going to teach you guys. <laughs> All right. Brian, street yeah, fighter. Brian. <laughs> nice. Step one, be bigger than your opponent. You guys are screwed. Good call. Before we get started, I want to share a pro tip for all you brave browser users out there. 
I have this meme of Smokey the Bear in my favorites folder. And whenever Glenn or someone in the group chat sends me a URL link with the question mark UTM at the end with a tracking link, I always send them that meme that says, only you can trim off the question mark UTM BS off the end of a link before sharing. I'm not the only one that sends that. Let's get that straight now. And I did, I did. I said, whatever, Glenn or someone in the group chat, it just happens to be Glenn a lot. <laughs> Glenn, is this a creature of this? I'm just trying to vibe, man. I don't want to. No, it's, it's because what we watch, I watch YouTube a lot and you do IG. There's no links in IG because you just send, you just share it in IG directly, right? Yeah. You wouldn't yeah. know because we, I stopped sending you stuff on IG. Yeah. Because you never watched and never commented. It, he doesn't even know how to log into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's tied to Facebook, and I don't like Facebook right now, so I'm not going to log in. Yeah, does anybody? Anyways, the question mark UTM BS at the end is really annoying and allows the website to track you. I just, just discovered that Brave Bat Browser has a feature in it. If you highlight the URL and you right-click it, there's a new option called Copy Clean Link. Yet another reason to love the privacy-centric Brave browser. I smell an ER for Island. We should make Ooh. that happen. Sounds Think like it, it too. <laughs> Glenn's going to get right on that. For opening topic this weekend, King Charles III was coronated as the king of... Yeah, nobody cares about that, so let's dive into our first topic. What's funny about that is I did not even know that was going on since I mostly watch and listen to business news. The only reason I knew it was happening was when one of my customers with a multinational presence asked to make sure we had enough bandwidth to handle all the users around the world streaming the live event. The answer is yes, we had plenty of bandwidth. So who's this Charles guy? I don't understand. King of what? You'd know him if if you knew who his former wife was, Princess Di. Oh, the car crash guy, girl. Yeah, car crash guy. Didn't this happen a long time ago when the Queen of England kicked the bucket? No? Well, I think it's an official day, right? Exactly. Yeah, so he was, was, you could think of him as the king-elect, but it didn't take effect until this past Saturday. Why did they wait till the, I'm, you're right. Nobody cares. Moving on. Yeah, we have a lot of bandwidth. (laughs) We have a lot of bandwidth. We're all 10 people probably watching it. 20. For our first topic, this is a closing the loop on a story we did last year about pharmaceutical company Merck suing their insurance carrier, carriers over one for over $1 billion, billion with a B, over the non petty Time out, Chris. Time out. We don't have to say billion with a B anymore. Everyone knows this is a B. Like, well, when it's a T, we'll start saying, you know, trillion with a T. It's always a billion now. So, this stylistically, let's just get it together here, boys. Is it because right. it's just so big now that we're used to it? It's so common. Like, nobody cares about a million, right? It's like, you know, you know one cool million now? dollars, like Dr. Evil. billion. You're playing your <laughs> Justin Timberlake from the social network. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm glad I interrupted that. But, uh, yeah, so you were talking about the, the not pet you attack in 2017. Yeah, well, the final verdict is in, and Merck won their case against their insurers, and the insurance companies are now on the hook for $1.4 billion. Merck's insurance company argued that the NotPetya cyber attack constituted an act of war 
and therefore they were exempt from paying because of a clause in their contract not paying out due to acts of war. Merck successfully argued that it was not an act of war and that the exclusion should be narrowly interpreted to the traditional meaning of a kinetic war, not a cyber war. An appellate court in New Jersey agreed with Merck, and this is another victory for companies against their insurance companies who tried to get out of paying using the war exclusion clause. Well, I don't think there was a kinetic war or a cyber war associated with this attack, so I smell, like, the, like what is their evidence, right? This is a war. They're like, okay, well, prove it. We're like, well, I don't really have any evidence other than I just had a really bad day. That's, who was, their lawyer was not Johnny Cochran. That's all I know. That guy would have got him the money. That guy's dead anyway. He would he would not have been alive to litigate this case. Johnny Cochran's dead? Oh, man. <laughs> pour out. Is this news to you, Brian? <laughs> yeah. Pour out a 44-year-old Johnny. Shows the Kardashian's father. <laughs> Rob. Is it Rob? Well, who the knows? Dad? Yeah. 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 Just like the king got coronated, so, yeah. <laughs> this is like, seriously, this is a terrible defense. Or, I don't even know, but whatever. I'm glad they're paying for it. Or they're not. They are. Yes, they're, they, they are paying the $1.4 billion. I just, wanted, I just want a slice of that. Yeah, very similar to the attacks on 9-11. I think, the, there, there, I think there are two cases, actually, to relate to 9-11. There's one case. The first case was, was it an act of war? Was this the opening salvo in the war against terror and therefore excluded? And then also the when World Trade 1 fell and World Trade 2 fell, was that two separate attacks and two separate events? Or was that one separate event because it was one attack? Because insurance companies cap the amount that they can pay for any one single event. So if it was one event, it would have been capped. If it's two events, they got to pay double. So I think they were litigating that for quite some time. I don't remember how, how that one ended, though. Well, that one, they actually had evidence. There was a war. <laughs> for 20 years, we were battling this nonsense. So, you know, I, I just watched uh, Pearl Harbor the other day with my, my daughter. And number one, I had never actually even seen that movie. So holy crap, we, did we get our butts handed to us? Is this like, the we were Josh Hartnett at the one? Oh, God. Yeah. And Ben Astley. That's a terrible representation of, of the. Could have watched like Tora, 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 or one of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're just bored, right? Anyways, uh, you know what movie this is coming out? Is it, I think it's Oppenheimer. 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 Yeah, Chris the Nolan. Nuclear. Yeah. Oh God. All right. So you're gonna tell me the Jordan movie is is real, based on true facts? Oh, the Ben Affleck one on Prime. Yeah. Matt Damon. I haven't seen that one. I'm about to watch it. I've lost all respect for you, Brian. You <laughs> <laughs> took the love story with Josh Hartman as historical fact. <laughs> hey, all I'm saying is when you, it was enough to pique the curiosity to start Googling around. Like, well, you know, how many people did we actually, you know, what was the win loss ratio? Like, they didn't even have a comma in their deaths versus the American casualties. Like, it was wild. And then we went out and dropped a, the A bomb, which was, holy crap, that's wild. 135,000 people dead. Oh. I don't know how that dude sleeps at night. It was well, a sneak attack, Brian, in their defense. It was a sneak attack. Nobody was prepared. Bombers were out of place. We couldn't mount a counteroffensive. But we did get them at Midway, so we did win one back for our team there. That was our sneak attack. Yeah, yeah. Still wild, though. Anyways, there's also about this a, war stuff. Oh, I just, I just want to... One, one more fact on Pearl Harbor. It, it's interesting. So very similar to how there's this contingent of people that says 9-11 was an inside job. You know, clearly it wasn't. There's a whole commission that says it wasn't, if you believe the government. Uh, but for Pearl Harbor, <laughs> where are you there at? Is a contingent of conspiracy theorists 
that says FDR knew ahead of time that Japan was coming and let Pearl Harbor happen so that America could enter the war. So that's another similar to you know the JFK assassination stuff. There's there's some people that that believe that that actually happened, and I think they might have found evidence that some radio station out in the middle of nowhere tried to radio and warn Pearl Harbor. They have a evidence of that communication, but it never got received by Pearl Harbor. Or you know if you believe it, the communication was received and ignored. Or in, another interesting theory for what actually happened on Pearl Harbor. Love a good conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that there's one for your YouTube down the rabbit hole, Glenn. Oh God, I've been there. I've watched many. I've been watching a lot of. Have you guys watched the the minutes as times happens on YouTube? As far as how things happen at Pearl Harbor, there, there's a little like a forty five minute YouTube video where they have the video where they have the ships placed and the airplanes and the like a minute by minute replay. So is Josh Hartnett in that version, Glenn? Not at all. It's little stick boats. <laughs> I doubt so that Brian hasn't watched it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's little stick boats. No love story in this one. It's just <laughs> So if we're gonna be casting aspersions here, Glenn is the type of guy that like when you're on a flight going cross country, he's sitting there watching videos on his iPad with no headphones, just blaring loud. That's right. He's, he's that old guy. <laughs> and it's gotta be porn that's on there too, right? So <laughs> that would be weird. That would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Since we, we were right here, one, just took it to a whole nother level. <laughs> a little bit off the rails for our second topic. And I like this second topic a lot. After the March 2022 Russian invasion of Ukraine, Russia was quick to cut off access to international media to control the narrative of the, quote, special operation in Ukraine. Leave it up to the PC gaming community to find a way to import that information into Russia and bypass censorship rules there. As first reported by PC Gamer, a custom Counter-Strike global offensive map named De Vanya, or I guess it's D-E Vanya, resembles the ruins of a Slavic city featuring an underground bunker that players can visit to access information about the war in Ukraine. So players play on this map. Instead of killing each other, they know to go to the secret room in the basement and in this room in the basement, there are images and text that detail incidents in the war and atrocity, atrocities and stats about the war, including Russian troop deaths, civilian casualties, and mass murders committed by Russian troops. While this is one part censorship bypass and one part publicity set, you really have to admire the ingenuity and tenacity of the Ukrainian people and the press to get this information into Russia. Since the flow of information into Russia is heavily controlled, most Russian citizens have no idea about what their country is doing in Ukraine right now. So I'm definitely in favor of this. And you and freaking Rob got me, I won't call it war TikTok, but at least war Instagram, right? Where I'm coming across these videos of soldiers shooting videos of all the craziness that's going on out there. And I'll tell you what, if you haven't seen war, it ain't like the TV, man. Like it is, it's, it's eerie, it's violent, it's scary, terrifying, all of the above. So, yeah, more people need to know, that's for sure. Yeah, pretty ugly. So, I mean, I've, I've watched a couple of videos of them. I don't know who's dropping, uh, like, drones with grenades, hand grenades on them, and they're dropping them from so many, you know, from, from, from up above, and they're hitting these bunkers and whatnot. It's uh, It's pretty scary. Like, just can't tell. 
and at that point, you got to hope you just, you just you're dead, right? Like, do you really want to be maimed for the rest of your life? That'd be wild. And I didn't realize how popular CSGO, CSGO is short for Counter-Strike Global Offensive. I didn't realize how popular CSGO was in Russia. The, so CSGO is the most popular game on Steam right now. And 1 in 10, so about 10% of the players are Russian. So it's a very popular game in Russia. But I think as this stories like this gain publicity, Russia's just going to shut it down. They're just going to turn off Counter-Strike then. Well, yeah, it's that little gopher, gopher game, right? You know, it's, it's a whack-a-mole. Out. It's a whack-a-mole, right? Just, just. Can you like, imagine they start going around door to door, like, "Hey, hey, B word, I know you were playing this game. You know, you just enlisted. Come, come, shoot a gun for us." <laughs> in real life, yeah. Yeah, in real life. Like, do you really you want to know? In real know. life, yeah. Now you have an AK and go get the what bad guys call over there. Would they call this propaganda? You think? Counter Strike propaganda? Can they? Can they send that traffic through a VPN? Can they can they do that? Can you put gaming gaming access through a VPN? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can. Yeah, there there's actually a similar campaign called Torrents for Truth, where BitTorrent files for popular pirated content like Adobe Photoshop or Better Call Saul, something that they know Russians are gonna download. They include text files and videos teaching Russians how to use VPNs to bypass censorship and a list of URLs with credible reporting on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So even though the this file is meant to pirate software, it's also meant to spread the the news of these Russian atrocities in, yeah. for the Russian people. I, I think I was watching one 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 set of clips where they were inside of was it the the uh, the square outside of the Kremlin, right? And Red Square. News, yeah, news reporters were there, and uh, I guess there was a whole bunch of people walking around as they're sitting there interviewing people. And if they said something off, you know, soldiers would come or police would come and oh, just yeah, they'd van you, walk people right? away. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's like literally oh. thrown in a van. Yeah. And then just disappear real quick. And I was like, yeah. oh, man, could you imagine doing that here? Like, well, it's, it's kind of the same, but not not the same. But yeah, <laughs> just being silent still is just amazing. And, and then you realize, like for me, you know. I realize how good we have it here. Like you can still speak your mind, even though people are with you or against you. At least you can speak your mind to some to some level. It's more yeah, social people that knock you down. There's there's definitely more freedom here than there is in Russia. We have at least that going for us. What's funny is you can speak your mind in person around here, but if you do it online, you like kind of get canceled. I've had some really. I would say, I wouldn't say edgy type of conversations since coming out of COVID with people that just resulted in like, there's nothing but grit, goodness that came out of it. So whatever. Uh, on a side note, I remember trying to do the Zeus Trojan malware, the man in the browser stuff. Yeah. And I finally got a hold of like the, you know, the, the working, you know, source code and how to compile it and everything was in Russia. I'm sorry. Everything was in Russian. So I had to use Google translate to figure out what the hell was being said. So it's the opposite, right? And then, there was no text files and how to use a VPN. It was all about how to set up the malware, command and control. And now a Russian command and control bot is botnet is on your computer. I'm waiting. I doubt it. <laughs> you think they bad that around. version of Zeus? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like all those cracked versions of Cobalt Strike. It's, it's a cracked version, but it's got a backdoor for you know whoever put it out there. You can never trust those crafty hackers. I swear to God, I wish I could go back in time. Like this, right at the beginning of the internet, 
and I just want to tear apart all the HTTP traffic. I would just have a field day. I remember getting cable internet at my apartment and just like going into network neighborhood and seeing my everyone's file shares out there <laughs> in Arizona. I was like, if I just knew what I knew now, oh my God, like life would be wild. That or just buy a bunch of uh, .com domain names. By Google.com, by eBay.com. By fartbox.com. Never mind. Did you ever use Fire Sheet back in the day? Fire Sheet? Yeah. Yeah, Wasn't that Zone Alarm? No, it, oh, was, no. it was a plugin for Firefox. And back when Facebook and MySpace oh, were all yeah. HTTP, you could sit at a Starbucks. You could steal people's cookies in the clear. And uh, if you had their explicit permission, you could steal their cookies in the clear and impersonate them and log in as them. I used Cane Enable when I was at Starbucks or a coffee shop, whatever it was. And yeah. that was pretty good. You just sit there and just watch all the images flying by of what people are looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the good old days before everything got encrypted. Yeah. Not once I think, I wonder if there's like a username and password to, you know, some of the financial information here. Nope. I just well, want that, to see their MySpace page. Like yeah, an idiot. I, I remember back in the day. Hot or not. And then you just see them swiping through pictures of hot or not. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember back 7. In, 9 on there. I remember back <laughs> in the day when you go to when you go to Black Hat or or DefCon and there was a wall of sheep. You can't even do wall of sheep now because it doesn't make any sense. Like they nothing is that. coming across HTTP. Yeah, and they I still like, have it, but fun, what are you yeah. doing though? You're, unless you're doing SSL decryption, you're really not going to see anything, right? Well, there's still that one percent of traffic that's in the clear, and there's some person that would still submit credentials through it. Yeah, yeah. I just they'd probably be through some really weak protocol though. Like yeah, they have yeah. like an old mail client. They're like, I'm not trying to get rid of this. I've had it since AOL. RC4 encryption. Oh, yeah. Guys, we're doing a podcast right now. For our third topic, the former Uber CSO, Chief Security Officer uh, Joe Sullivan, who was found guilty of obstructing justice, uh, he got away practically scot-free. So before the sentencing, prosecutors wanted 15 months in prison, which is still not that long with time served and good behavior and prison overcrowding here in California. 15 months was not a, a long time, but the defense wanted just probation, and that's what he got. He got three years of probation. In addition to the probation, uh, Joe Sullivan must perform 200 hours of community service as part of his sentencing. Wow, those a that... slap on the wrist. Does he ever get to touch a computer again, or is is he allowed to go be a CISO like, again? Something yeah, it's like hackers. That movie hackers. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you just drive around, pull over anywhere in San Francisco, do something with aluminum foil and smoke it, and then go rob a convenience store with no gun. Just walk out with whatever you want, and this guy is going to be doing community service. Makes makes complete sense to me, guys. It's the fall. San the Francisco. fall of humanity. As Billy said, San Francisco, right? So for those of you that might have missed our episode where we covered the story about Joe Sullivan, he was actually a former federal prosecutor. So the, the very office he worked for was the one that prosecuted him. Uh, he did lead security programs at eBay, PayPal, and Facebook before he ultimately took that job at Uber. And while this case may seem innocent on the face of it, it actually was really closely watched by many CISOs and CSOs and other cybersecurity leaders that were concerned about the potential liability for their decisions and disclosures related to these breaches and these security incidents. And we covered it at the time. So the verdict that CISOs really have nothing to fear. So as long as they follow the law for things like this, like mandatory 
reporting requirements, notifying your general counsel that you've been breached, like you'll be fine. Joe Sullivan got in trouble because he lied and obstructed the investigation, and there's a big difference with that. He didn't take media training, so he could just, you know, outright not answer the question. Like, did you not notify us of this? Like, man, you know, sometimes corn doesn't come out of me the same way he goes in. Like, he could have been a completely different. Just deflect it, yeah. Yeah, deflect. I don't know. It sounds to me like he's like kind of rest and best, scapegoat. Obviously, he knew what he was doing, you know, a little bit of a... Community service, no big deal. Good for him. Loser. I, I heard it on another podcast. I don't remember which podcast it was, but Alex Stamos, he was the former chief security officer at Facebook. He actually advocated on Joe Sullivan's behalf because he worked for Joe Sullivan before. And Alex's position was there's no other person on earth than Joe Sullivan that's put more child predators behind bars than him. Because I guess he did a lot of good stuff when he was at Facebook and Alex's defense was this was a moment of weakness for him. He did a lot of good that shouldn't, you know, doesn't excuse what he did, but you should take that into consideration when sentencing him. Sort of like the Dominic Toretto defense. Remember at the end of his Fast and Furious 4? Yeah, we're family. He caught the bad guy and he's, you know, he used to hijack these trucks and he used to be a bad guy in street race, but now he's a good guy. So he's, they're, they're pulling that kind of defense to have some leniency, ask the, ask the judge for leniency. And he ultimately got it. He's got to avoid jail time. Was that just Fast and Furious 1, 2, 3, 4? <laughs> ten. Ten. 10. I think you said 4. Fast 10, your seatbelts, yeah. <laughs> so That's yeah, actually funny. Good one. Good one, Glenn. Huh? Fast 10. There's one Fast and Furious at the very end where they the, the judge is sentencing him and they're busting him off to prison and, and his crew comes out comes and breaks him out. I think that was 4. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> For our last topic, and it will be a rotating topic every week. I think this one's going to be interesting. This one might actually run long because I've got actually a, a bunch here, but I want to hear what you guys have. What are some of your pieces of street advice? So how do you make people street smart? Just golly, just pay attention. Head down into a phone crossing the street. Love it. That's how you get run over. That's how you get robbed. Uh, just, Just common sense of paying attention to your surroundings as people are just so involved in the things that they're doing on their device that they have no clue what's going on. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Put your phone down, especially in New York. There's so much to look at. Like there's so many <laughs> wild things to see. Like, is that, is that just the craziest person I see? I've ever seen in my entire life. I have no idea. Yeah, that was, so some of these actually have s- stories behind it. So <clears throat> One thing is maintain your walking speed and look like you know where you're going. I used to work in San Francisco, like downtown San Francisco. And I'd get a, well, I should say there's people in downtown San Francisco that cost people all the time. This was 10 plus years ago. So even before the, the crackheads were walking around and there were homeless people asking for money. There are people from like Save the Children or Amnesty International asking you to, to sign up. <clears throat> so it was a pretty common occurrence that people would just try to stop you. And as long as you maintain your walking speed, you don't slow down. Like, even if you make eye contact, like you just maintain your walking speed, look like you know where you're going. And for the most part, they leave you alone. I think they target, like, the tourists or they target people that slow down or might look a little bit interested. Those are the people that get talked to by these people. And they ask them for money or ask them to sign up. And then they have these high-pressure sales tactics to try to get you to join their club. But 
just maintain your walking speed, and that's that's more than half the battle there. Yeah, the look of fear, the look and smell of fear. Look at that guy. (laughs) They'll give us money. Yeah, it's so. just just look angry all the time, like you just finished a ten hour shift and you just want to go home. If you walk around looking like that, you'll you'll be fine. No one's gonna bother you. I just walk and, around looking like I just found out I was adopted. Well, you wear a shirt that says "Embrace Violence," so I don't think anyone wants to walk up to you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's always funny when people say stuff, though. Yeah, you can have some good conversations. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you waiting for one day when someone's going to come up to you and go, listen, I don't agree, and starts yelling in your face? Have you had that yet? Not yelling, but I've had people disagreeing, so we just sit there and talk. And so do you just tell them, like... I stay calm. I stay kind. Like, kind. No, I do. Yeah. I'm just like... It, sometimes it boils down to, like, oh, what you mean is, like, you know, brace masculinity. I'm like, well, unfortunately, no one really knows what that means. Men are violent, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like, that, like, you don't actually have that. And, uh... So she's like, all right, I, I think I understand what you're saying. All I'm saying to you, young lady, is if someone starts shooting, you'll be behind me and I'll be going towards the threat. That's the difference between me and you. And she's like, all right, I get it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, the other thing that you, that's funny, uh, you know, I, I think you've heard me say this before, right? There's two ways you can get on a Southwest flight. You can be the guy that sits there, put your headset on and kind of sits in a corner or so that way no one will talk to you. Uh, um, but guaranteed someone will sit next to you. Or you can be the guy that looks happy and wants to talk with everybody and no one wants to sit next to you uh, because of that. I just sit there and eat Doritos and ask him, like, if it's a big deal, it's like, hey, you want to look the cheese off my fingers? Like, you're not sitting here. (laughs) Should go on there with some Jehovah's Witness pamphlets. (laughs) So my my weakness... The whole trying to get converted... (laughs) And then until the Jehovah's Witness wants to sit next to you and says, hey, who are you from? (laughs) (laughs) What chapter are you on? There's something about me in particular. Maybe it makes the same for you guys. It doesn't matter what I look like, what I'm doing, how I'm dressed. If if grandma sits next to me, we're talking for the next two hours. I just can't put my headphones in and or try to pretend to be asleep and get out of that conversation. I just, I always do it. It pains me, but whatever. I, I, whatever. They're good people. You're such a you nice guys guy, ever though, get Brian. That? Yeah. It's Mr. Violin. Nice. You're, nice. you're such a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I make pretend I don't speak English and then I just go, go to sleep. <laughs> put your headphones uh. in and watch an English speaking show with English subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm watching my, my, my light, my soft porn. That's what I'm doing without my headset. So, <laughs> according to Brian over here. Yeah. <laughs> Another one is if you think you're being followed, never go straight home. I think that goes without saying and we we picked up a couple tips from our our friend igor from black cube from that episode of darknet diaries and he he had some interesting things about how to see if you're being tailed like his was super advanced counter surveillance things but you know simple things make four right turns if they follow you four right turns you've made a big circle and yes you're being followed but he said things like go into a parking lot exit the parking lot right away if the car follows you through a parking lot there's no one else doing that unless you're trying to lose a tail there's there's things like that and uh that actually happened to someone i know they thought they were being followed they did go home they went into the garage it wasn't a single family home it was like an apartment building the guy followed this this person in and then the my friend shouted hey are you following me and then the guy's no i'm not following you and then i guess the guy tried to go out but you need the garage or opener to to get out and it's like 
how do I get out from here? <laughs> Obviously, he was in a spot where he shouldn't have been. And I think the advice, if you think you're being followed, drive to a police station and drive to like a well-lit gas station with an attendant there and cameras there. Mm, don't know about that. How about you just pick up your phone, call 911. That's true. Stop yeah. being an idiot. Yeah. That's true. Well, yeah, now that's also good true. advice. But don't, but don't do that while you're driving, like with a handset on your hand. Don't, no, we don't have that distracted driving nonsense in Arizona. That's right. Yeah. Use Siri. Tell Siri to call yeah. for help. Yeah. But that, that just I, goes back to just paying attention, right? Knowing your surroundings. Like, you, you should always look to see if what's going on, what's around you. Pay attention to cars. Pay attention to people. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't get it. Maybe it's just me. I, yeah. Sometimes I'm a little oblivious like that. Same thing with my, my son. I do think, like, if my daughter's... My wife would probably pick up on that, but I would be like, maybe the you know, go to the bank, right? And guy follows me home, comes to the house, and he's like standing outside the door with a you know box of condoms and a knife, and wants to talk to my wife. Like, oh yeah, hold on, let me get her for you. Like you know, he's completely not paying attention at all. Yeah, I mean, like I've got a way. Like when I walk with my family through, let's say San Francisco or any other city, right? When we're touring, I walk behind them. Do you guys? Guys, I I walked. I walk behind them and to the right, slightly back. And I let yep. them walk, and I and I circle around them just to make sure that no one's going to try and pull anything. Yeah, that's the bodyguard stance. You know, two steps forward, one step left. You can see exactly what's going on. One time we were at a at a hotel, and I do the same thing, right? Just kind of far off, far on the back. And my girls were walking at the time. They were probably like really young, probably 13, 14 years old. And there's the you know frat boys on top of the thing. They're like partying. They're like, hey, girls, come up here, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and I just, you know, instant pissed. I'm like, they're 13 years old. And then all you hear in the background is, oh, shit. <laughs> the guy's just like, sorry, man. <laughs> like, just, you know. Sorry. You didn't be like, hey, is that where the party's at? I'm on my way. Yeah. On the note of not paying attention, if someone arguing with you is standing close and they all of a sudden look away from you, you are about to get sucker punched. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I never let anyone get within hand, arm's reach. I don't know about you guys. I don't Arguing or not, like maybe maybe I let Brian get close to hugging me, but that's pretty much, that's your, your inside, my, my little Hips circle. Keep your, yeah. keep your distance. Yeah. That's right. Keep my distance. So, but Brian's such a friendly guy. He is. To protect and serve. Uh, another one is actually observed this at, at RSA when we were up there in San Francisco. I want to say RSA was probably one of the bigger events that I've been to with uh, total strangers and observing people when you're walking down the street with your phone to your point, Glenn, of getting hit by a car, getting jumped by a crackhead. Uh, if you're on your phone, and you need to absolutely do that in the middle of the street or in the middle of the show floor, stand with your back against the wall. Because even if you're looking down, you can see about 180 degrees in front of you and no one can sneak up behind you. But I'd see these idiots mm. just walking in the middle of the street, walking, standing in the middle of a sidewalk, about to get knocked over by someone, just Nailed staring over. at their phone down. Yeah. Anyone can just come Chris behind you. Chris minimizing his attack surface. Look at him. Exactly. Do you guys like try to pick where you sit down in the restaurant as well? Like back against the wall in the back of the restaurant? With an escape yeah, plan. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Working yeah, look out. Right. Yeah. Do you guys grab sit- your back to the front door. Yeah. So, Brian, when you were going to church, did you uh, sit in the back of the church, too, close to an exit? 
you know, I waited for that day. I just wanted to shoot it, right? I was like, <laughs> let's go, man. I'm, I've been waiting for this thing my entire life. <laughs> Wife, kids, you guys get in the ground. Dad's taking over. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why I think like this. This is terrible. Is it terrible that we that I think that we think like this? That's the world we live in. So the, the next one is, I always knew this because I grew up in San Francisco. I grew up in the city. There was no question about this. But I think in other countries, in other parts of the country, uh, the U.S. is not actually true. So number one, always keep your car locked. Just no exception. Your car is always locked when when you leave it. I, I, unless unless you're in a very very high crime area you don't want people smashing your window they just leave it unlocked with nothing in there that's the one exception um, and then the other one lock your car as soon as you get inside there's been i can't even count how many smashing grabs there have been in san francisco people getting in their car they put their purse on the chair next to them and someone just runs up and steals it or when they're pumping gas they leave their purse on the or their wallet on the chair next to them just someone just runs up to the unlocked car grabs it and then runs away yeah so this is funny, right? So I live in small town outside of San Francisco, 60, 70 miles away from Chris. Um, no one locks their doors in the neighborhood, to be honest with you. The only people that lock their doors in the neighborhood are the people from that moved from San Francisco. From San Francisco. That, yeah. that, that live in the yeah. neighborhood. The city right? mentality. Yep. Like I, I would go pick up my kids, their friends, and I would drive them home and I'd be like, hey, you got a key to the house? You going to be okay? And they're like, oh yeah, we, we don't lock our door. And they just run inside. And it's like, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night after, you know, they've had a day with, with my kids. And I'm like, oh my God, there's no, there's like these kids are just running around. So yeah, and then, you know, go to the Midwest. No one locks their house or their cars because, in fact, they leave the keys inside the car, right? Because they don't want to lose the keys. So this is definitely just a city thing. Yep. It is. Yeah. Yeah. There's also no repercussion. They, they leave the door open. Come on in, right? Yeah. yeah. There's no repercussion for, for doing what you do. I mean, I, 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 gr- I, I, you know, I just grin and bear it driving a car in the San Francisco knowing that I'm going to get broken into. And it's like, if I make it out safe, I, I'm pretty happy. Um, it's like and not only right? Yeah. Yeah. Parking and the then not only that, get robbed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, I mean, you sit there and you pay for it too, right? You pay $70 a day to sit inside of a par- public parking or a, a private parking lot to have your car there, knowing that at least hopefully it's underground and hopefully it's not going to get broken into. Right. Yep. Pay for it one way it's or the scary. other. Yeah, it's just scary. I, I'd rather pay for it up front. I'd rather pay the 70 bucks and not get it broken into than pay the $500 deductible to go get it repaired. It's plus the time and convenience effort. Too. Yeah, I was yeah. driving to Target the other day. I think I, I probably saw two Teslas with the rear triangle window smashed out. Like, I know they, they probably just came from the city and just got robbed because yeah. that's the window they knock out and they can look in the trunk. And again, you know, it's just like you go back to Texas and that stuff doesn't happen because there's castle provisions. Like you can shoot somebody trying to break into a car that's not even your car. <laughs> so, right. so yeah. nothing in this car is worth dying over. Exactly. So the that. And I have the cure for cancer and AIDS in my car, so. <laughs> they got to come rob you in Arizona now. Yep. We'll be waiting. Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, Glenza. All right, you guys know I love cheese, right? 
So what do you call cheese that isn't yours? What? Nacho cheese. Nacho cheese. (laughs) Playing with the Cinco de Mayo zinger. Hey, I tried. All right, to wrap things up, Brave allows you to copy a clean link, so use it. Merck won its case against its cyber insurance company six years later. Russians are going to counter-strike for news about the war. Joe Sullivan avoids jail time. And please be street smart out there. That's all I have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Hebcat Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rate us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pepcat Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. My co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Lewis. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day. Bye, Felicia. Toodles. Have a nice day. <laughs>